Hi, and welcome to Kiskadi, where we explore women-identified, gender non-conforming, and gender-expensive communities across the Americas, and how we are creating a post-pandemic future grounded in justice, abundance, and hope, and how you can be part of it. I am Bia Vieira, inviting you to join us in this journey and in action. Hello and welcome everyone. I am very excited. We have such a special guest with us today. I am talking with Haley Sahar, who most of you know from her amazing work in Pose, but she also has a number of other projects that you may also know. And we are talking today about her journey, her projects, and in particular, about one project that she's very passionate about, that we're going to talk about Sir Lady Java. But before we do that, welcome, Haley. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Hi, Bia. I'm so happy we were able to put this together. Um, I know we had talked about it for a while, so I'm so happy everything worked out and we're having this conversation, this much-needed conversation. Thanks. So tell me and share with us, how did you decide to become an actress? What was your journey and how did you get to pose? Okay. So I will tell you the short, medium version because it's super long. But uh, I was one of those kids who was more like a withdrawn child. And my friend when I was a kid was the television. I, I loved watching the Oscars with my mom and I loved watching the Grammys. And it's just something that resonated with me as far as entertainment goes. And um, I remember one Christmas, I saw the Nutcracker and I told my mom, that's what I want to do. My mom said, okay. So I began to self-train. I started watching uh, clips and stuff I got from the library at the time. YouTube wasn't even around then. <laughs> so I would rent movies from the library and I taught myself the basics of ballet. And my mom put me in a performing arts school. I've always been super oh, supportive. And so from there, I actually started off dancing first. I was a trained dancer. I started uh, gearing to go to American Ballet Academy or the um, Alvin Ailey Dance Academy. Oh, wow. And acting was something that I had always done as a kid, from theater to auditioning for commercials and things like that. So uh, let me speed up this version. I was at about 15 or so. I found mm -hmm. the ballroom scene, and I didn't know anything about the ballroom culture. And that was where I found Haley. I found myself. And for full context, I've always mm -hmm. felt as who I am today, as far as being a woman or a young woman at that time. Um, and so it just made everything make sense. And so I took a break from dancing, from acting, and I wanted to discover myself. And that's when I started my um, physical men medical transition as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And once I got to a point of just comfortability within my own skin, I decided to get back to what I had always done as a kid, which was entertainment. I've been on a few projects prior to being on Pose. Um, I did Mr. Robot. Um, I've been on a few things before Pose. And so uh -huh. I ended up doing this play through Bernie and Telsey um, called Charm. It was my first time in New York. Alexa Fogel, who is the casting director for Pose, actually came to the theater and saw me there. And um, my agent at the time 
told me about uh, an audition that Ryan Murphy had coming up called Pose. And he said it was about the ballroom scene. And I was like, I know this. I I come from ballroom. I know this. And so yeah. um, I ended up uh, coming back to L.A., and getting flown back out to New York. And I auditioned for Mr. Murphy, Stephen Canal, and Brad Falcon, and just all the people over the production. And also Alexa Vogel was there. And um, I auditioned originally for two roles, the only two roles that were available. I think uh-huh. India Moore's character was already cast. And um, there were only Blanca's character and Electra. I don't think that I fit either one of the descriptions, especially remembering what they were looking for in the breakdown. But during my audition, I auditioned for Blanca's role and Ryan Murphy was like, you're interesting. He's like, tell me your story. Tell me about you. And I was like, well, Ryan, what do you want to know? You know, and I was talking to him as if I already knew him, um, which I think I felt like I did because I was such a huge fan of American Horror Story. And we just began to talk and it was a regular conversation after that. I went back to working Mm -hmm. on the play and my agent called me. I was, I believe I was near Times Square and he was like, are you ready for this? And I was like, what is it? He was like, well, I have good news and bad news. He was like, well, I don't know if it's bad news, but he was like, you didn't get the roles you auditioned for. But the good news is that Ryan Murphy is going to create a brand new character and he's going to not only create the character, but he wants to make you a series regular based off of your audition. And that information, I just remember breaking down, <laughs> crying in my taxi. Yeah. The taxi guys looking at me, like trying to consult me and like, what's wrong with you, lady? <laughs> I um, oh, no. I was just so happy because, I mean, my journey, as we know, for a lot of trans people just hasn't been easy. You know, glitz and the glam and, you know, all of that can make it seem as though it's easy, but it's been very rough for me. Yeah. So just to know that I was seen. And I think I, I was even more appreciative that I was seen for myself and something was created for me. I mean, it would have been great to get those characters too, but for someone to see something in me and say, I believe in you enough that I'm going to take a chance to create something and then make you a regular on the show. I was just so honored. Um, and so that's, that's how I ended up on Pose. And that's the short version of a very long story yes. in the industry. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Sounds like your mom was very supportive of you, um, but who were the folks that really cared about you and supported you through this journey? My mom is the only person aside from my brothers. Um, my brothers as well have been a great support for me. When I was trying to make sense of myself, you know, in mm-hmm. the 90s, I grew up, um, the only thing I could equate what I felt was being gay because that was all that I would hear on television. And so I told my mom, I was like, I'm gay. You know, I told my mom that, and um, it was so much more, but I couldn't articulate it and have the full knowledge of it. And my mother went out and got all these books on what it meant to be gay and love stories just to support me. And this was as a child. I told my mom this when I was eight years old, I had this neon green egg from Easter and I wrote a letter and I said, I'm gay. And I tossed it in her room and I ran. And then she came And she was like, it's okay, you know, coming full circle when I said, no, mom, I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm actually a woman. And I had the knowledge and the verbiage to articulate Mm -hmm. that. My mom did the same thing. She went out and got books. And at this point I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and she went and got books and she got um, 
I think it's called Trans America. She got it was a movie yes. and a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. She got that for me as well. And uh, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and um, she started to do her own research. Uh-huh. And the, the interesting thing about this story with my mother is that when I found the word in the knowledge to convey how I felt, my mom started to remember some things about her own pregnancy with me. Oh. And had her ultrasounds and visits to the doctor up until the point where I was going to be born. The doctors consistently said, you're having a girl. My mom went out and bought me a little dress and she'll tell you the story. You know, we talked to her one day. Uh, she went and bought me a dress and my name was actually going to be Brittany. So when I was conceived, my mother did not know that I was not going to be a biological female because that's what she was told this whole time so I'm so big on the universe connecting dots and I'm like well what was that reason what was that that they saw yeah to tell her that so but my mother was the hugest support and she still is to this day um you know my brothers are amazing I'm also a preacher's kid and so as we can imagine that same old story um it hasn't been easy from my father's side of my family Mm -hmm. my father hasn't been a support to me. My mm-hmm. family on that side really hasn't. I think now they're trying to, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, many, 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 many years of trauma and pain and, and being alone in this journey for me. So wow. kind of brings up a dark emotion, but yeah. Aww. Definitely. Well, you're certainly very brave as an eight-year-old kid. To be able to name and then discover yourself and then find yourself and and go through this journey. And I'm so very happy that your mom has been able to be there for you. you. And I'm wondering, Haley, if that is a little bit of your interest in the project with Sir Lady Javid. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how you met Sir Lady Javid, who she is. What's the meaning for you of that project? Okay, so I became aware of Sir Lady Java. It has to be about, please don't quote me, but I think it has to be about at least 13 years ago. Wow. I, at the time, obviously I hadn't been on any shows. Um, I hadn't seen any trans representation at this time. No one was really on television at this time. And I remember... Um, I was doing burlesque type shows like lip sync performances. And I was at this production company where my manager at the time had rented out a space for me. And during that time, I didn't have the understanding of um, just protecting myself and feeling like everyone had to know my truth and I had to tell everyone. And so I ended up telling the gentleman who owned the the, the facility, I said, I want to work here consistently. I want to be able to book out this space. They had a small TV program they were doing. And I said, for full disclosure, I want to let you know that I'm a trans woman. Um, because in my my personal journey, a lot of people don't know that aesthetically from looking at me or talking to me. And so during this time, I felt like I need to tell everybody. I just needed to tell you. I didn't want you to hurt me or, you know, do anything to me. So I'm going to let you know up front. Because I've known in my own personal journey, a lot of people have not been able to tell and know that aesthetically or even from speaking to me. So to protect myself, I told him it was that conversation in disclosing my truth that he told me, I reminded him of someone named Sir Lady Java. 
And I was like, well, who is that? Like, I don't know who that is. He was like, well, she was very popular in the sixties and you look just like her and you act like her. Uh And I was like, okay. He was like, well, you need to know your history. And so it was like, why don't I know my history? You know, in my own mind that propelled me to Google and I Googled and I found this stunning photo of Sir Lady Java from the 60s. It's a black and white photo. She was in a two-piece beaded with bedazzled with jewels um, bikini. And she had her hair just pulled up like this. And she was giggling. And I was like, oh my gosh. I I was just enamored by her beauty. Um, And so I was like, I need to find this woman. Not only do I need to find her just because I admired her, um, but I began to read. And I read that she was responsible for changing law number nine. She was a big um, pillar in making sure that that happened. Law number nine, for our listeners who don't know, is in Los Angeles, they used to prohibit anybody from dressing as the opposite gender that you were assigned at birth. And people were thrown in jail for this. People were murdered for this. And so during the 60s, Lady Java, who I learned worked at the Red Fox nightclub opened up for acts like James Brown, Lena Horne, um, Richard Pryor. And during that time, just for full context, you know, we always hear about trans people being enamored into the LGBTQ community. But yeah. for a Black woman, trans woman in the 60s to be respected by cishead society and to be featured as a headliner that in itself is mind-blowing. But going back to law number nine, Jabba was prohibited uh, eventually from from working. Um, Word got out and the LAPD came and shut Jabba's act down because she was going against the law at the time. And so Jabba said, someone has to do something about this. I'm trying to make an honest living. My sisters are trying to make an honest living. And furthermore, Everyone in the community just wants to live and thrive like every other person. So it took her four years, but she was able to um, have a great relationship with the judge and they eventually turned over that law. And Java, her story is just so fascinating. So I wanted to find this woman. And during that, one of my friends who's no longer with me today, he's passed away. He said, you know, you have to play her. You have to play her in, in a movie. And I was like, that would be so amazing because for one, our community doesn't know our history. For two, this woman deserves her roses. This woman's act of selflessness has trickled into mainstream mm-hmm. society today. And it doesn't just stop as people would probably think with trans people being able to be themselves today. It trickles into cishet people who don't even identify as trans men now who wear nail polish, groups like Kiss, acts like Madonna, Beyonce, Janet Jackson, Billy Porter, RuPaul, all of these people are standing on the shoulders of a Black trans woman from the 60s who was fearless and who said people should have the freedom to be how they want to be, dress how they want to dress, and make an honest living. And so um, I reached out to some people I knew in the community, uh, Jasmine, is who I reached out to. And mm-hmm. my former manager, Cornelius Wilson, he helped me to find Java. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day that I found her. I brought her, I believe it was some uh, tulip flowers. 
because every lady, you know, she's a classy woman, deserves flowers. I brought her flowers. And I remember her coming to the door and please excuse me if I get emotional because as a trans person to see something in history like that is just mind blowing. She came to the door. I mean, I'm sorry. Someone came to the door to open it and it's like Lady Java's residence. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, she's so classy. <laughs> it was in the other room with this huge table and, and she had her poster, the same one that I had seen on Google. She wow. had it set up there. Signatures from other celebrities over the years. And I saw this beautiful older woman coming towards me with these beautiful green eyes. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know her eyes were green. And she was like, hi, baby. And she was like, it's so nice to meet you. And I was just looking at her and looking at the photo. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Lady Java. <laughs> and because for full context as well, this took me many, many years to find her. So the amount of anxiety and passion and excitement I had was like, oh, my gosh. And so um, we began to have a conversation. And I instantly noticed that Java and I not only resembled each other, but we had a lot of similarities in our story. And our relationship was going to go a lot deeper than just me portraying mm. her. We became friends. You know, Java said to me, baby, you're beautiful. And it's no offense to you, but I don't know you. And she said, many people have wanted to play me over the years. And she was like, in my story, it's very powerful. And she was like, and I want the right person to play me. And she was like, you have to have the right heart and the right level of understanding in class to mm -hmm. understand what I've been through. And I said, Lady Java, I said, I understand. And I said, before even getting your blessing, I said, let's just be friends. Let's be friends. And I said, and I want to pray with you. I said, I want to pray with you because the only reason I was able to find you is because I prayed and the universe heard me. God heard me. And so Java and I started praying together mm. and I began to just visit her. I began to visit her every other week, sometimes every week. I began to call her and eventually I asked her for her blessing. I would be honored to portray you and tell your mm -hmm. life story. I would be honored to produce it and also to play you. And it was about two years that we built a relationship. And Java finally said to me, baby, I would love for you to play me. She's like, I've gotten to know you and I know that you have a good heart and I know that you understand. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and I had to be sure. And so. Wow, that's so beautiful. The biggest thing, and I want to add this because I want people to know this. The biggest thing that Java has given me, aside from her blessing, is she has become one of my personal trans mothers and she gives me advice on life, encourages me. And for me to be a young woman coming from things that I've come through that I have not disclosed here, <laughs> but coming from those things to have an iconic woman like that, mm -hmm. to see me and want to take me under her wing and not only give me her blessing, um, mm -hmm. but to take me under her wing. That's, you know, summing up java i don't want to i don't want to go on a tangent i feel like i am um no it's because you you know i feel that portraying someone is so intimate for someone to share their story and to let somebody else tell their story is a very intimate thing and we don't know our history when i realize i don't know my history because mm -hmm. society covers up history and doesn't show it 
No one talks about the dynamic things that we do as trans people, that we do as an LGBTQ plus community or people of color. No one talks mm -hmm. about it. People always emphasize negative things. And for the longest time, I thought that the best a person could be that is trans or looks like me is a sex worker mm -hmm. because that's what I saw other women doing coming up. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I knew. I didn't know that this dynamic woman existed. I didn't know that once upon a time she was on the cover of Jet magazine. For her to be alive and still living with us today and for her to have changed a law and done something bigger than herself. I'm like, why don't I know this? I began to tell my peers about Java and they said, who is that? And it hurt me. It, it crushed me. It crushed me that we don't know our own history. And as we've seen, if you don't know your history, and you don't see representation, then you don't see the possibilities that you have. And mm -hmm. so that is another thing that has pushed me to speak up for Java, to tell her story, to connect the dots within the industry. I was given this platform and I'm so gracious and so honored and happy that I was able to be on such an iconic show like Pose. And I have a platform now. And with that platform, it's my job to do my due diligence, to be a voice, to give back history, to give back knowledge. Mm -hmm. It is a human right to know our history. It is a human right. Wow. Tell me a little bit more about how you are envisioning the project, where you are in the project. How might other people be able to support you in this journey? Right now, um, currently, I have uh, the amazing gentleman, Anthony Hemingway, attached as the director and also co-executive producer. Um, he has produced some amazing things. Um, Power is his show, the Aretha Franklin. Um, he's done that, as well as the O.J. Simpson trial and just so many amazing things. He's such a gentleman. And right now, I currently have him attached. We met in New York instantly. Loved the story. Java loved him as well. And right now we are looking for fundings to fund this project. As we've known throughout history, it's never been easy to tell trans stories. Oftentimes people don't see the importance of trans bodies. So to tell a story of trans people, people easily shun that away. So now we're looking for the fundings to make this project happen. As I said before, Java has done so many amazing things for society that I really want to see that she gets her roses while she's with us. I, I really do. Jabez is, is up there in age and she's still so gracious. And she, in my opinion, deserves a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She has changed pop culture. And um, I'm just looking for people to support the vision of humanitarian mm -hmm. and selflessness because that's who Java is. And telling her story would encourage so many people. And as we've seen today, there's an astonishing number of trans youth and people who are even older in age coming out and saying, hey, I've been trans this whole time and I'm courageous enough to say it. There's so many people and we need that inspiration. It's not going away. This is the future. This is the new society. This is today. Mm -hmm. And so what better way to honor people of today than to give them a sense of history and a sense mm -hmm. of understanding of themselves. For sure. And Haley, I will also say that you are very inspiring and we've had a chance to have conversations about this project and to really 
think about the project. And I just am so grateful that you are interested in it. That is so meaningful to you. And I know it will be meaningful for so many people. And I'll make sure that when we release the podcast, that folks know where to reach to be able to support the project, because I think it's so important. And also, I want to thank you for your generosity with your story, with your time, just with your ability to connect with Java and to really want to push this forward. It's just really inspiring. Thank you for saying that. I'm working on taking information that people say kindly about me. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, I always feel the need to do more and more and more. Thank you. And I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone on this podcast. I appreciate the opportunity and the space to speak truth and love and all of that. So thank you so much. I think that's a good way for us to end. And thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. If you want to learn more about our guests, their work and campaigns and how to get more engaged, go to medium.com slash and follow us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Kiskadi is executive produced by Bia Vieira, produced by Wanda Costa of Starlet Productions. Original music composed by Maxine Solomon. Original artwork by Yasmin Hernandez, Wanda Costa, and Nicholas Schultz. Graphic illustrations by Kay Dugan Morrell of Illustrating Progress. A very special thanks to all of our guests and supporters, the Women's Foundation California, the Culture Change Fund, and you.